Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's a.k.a. Radio Red. Radio Red in the house. Happy to be here. It's Monday. Where else in the world would Radio Red be? This is my little roundtable conversation. Actually, it's a big conversation with my creatives. And if you're wondering who is a creative, it's not just a singer, a dancer, photographer, an artist, a designer. We're all creatives. We're all figuring it out. I don't think anybody sees the world quite as I do, but I think life is just an improv. We're all just figuring it out as we go along. I don't care what your manual or your mom says or anybody else. We're just making it up as we go along. So we're going to have a good, good show today. I have three very unique and interesting creatives, and I'm calling this show. What am I calling this today? I come up with a different name. Walk the Talk Creativity. <gasps> I thought that was appropriate. Graciela's nodding. Steve, Stevie. I thought he was Stevie. Stevie. Now I get to call him Stevie. Mm -hmm. And Glenda is back. And let's, before we start, I haven't even introduced him yet. First of all, I want you to all wave hi to our viewing audience on LinkedIn and Facebook. We're on a whole bunch of channels. And I want you all to put up your finger in the shape of the letter L because we have somebody special. We're going to do a shout out. Oh, they're so well behaved, Josh, my engineer. (laughs) This is quite a good group here. I said, did he just do it? We're going to say on the count of three, hello, L, L, L. And then I'll explain. Here we go. One, two, three. Hello, L, L, L. Josh, this is the all-time winner. We've been taking a contest every week. I have never had a group of guests. Glenda, it wasn't this good last time you were on. You must have been rehearsing. And Stevie must be a good influence. And then there's Graciela. Of course, she figured it out. Well, LLL is lovely, lanky Laura Legs. She goes by L-E-G-Z, Legs, our most loyal listener. And Graciela and Stevie and Glenda knows this. Laura still lives in Whitestone, New York. And I've been taking up a fictitious GoFundMe campaign for many, many years to move her to a place that starts with the letter L. But London was too hot last year, and Larchmont is too close to Whitestone, and we figured it just wasn't for her. So I'm still taking nominations of where I can take this fictitious money and send her to move. So Laura is thinking. Laura is recovering from a very, very, very long bout with the what we all were fearing for the past couple of years, and she's getting her strength back now. So I'm glad she's listening. So let me tell all of you, it's, oh my goodness gracious, it's already the 17th of April. I can't believe it. The year is just barreling by, right, Steve? This is 107th day of 2023, the Gregorian calendar. Pope Gregory the 13th in 1582, He wasn't so keen on the Julian calendar, so he changed it. That's creativity. And I always do a shout out to his mother. She might have called him Greg Gregory or Gregor, but he was a pope. It's hard to say. And there are 258 days left in the year. This is the 16th Monday, and nobody cares about that except me. The reason I mention how many days are left is because New Year's is going to be another blowout when we welcome 2024, because we're just all so happy to be here and time is moving on. So 
I think um, Graciela is probably going to be making Kahlua in a sink in her garage, and you better start early because the flavors have to mix. Stevie is probably taking the still in the backyard from his grandpa from the Prohibition days, and he's going to re-up that still. And Glenda is going to go online to a really fancy liquor and wine store and order something very, very exotic, but the shelves are going to get cleared out early, Glenda. So you better start now. You're ordering. So I've given you all the warning. We are in Aries. Is anybody here? in Aries? Anybody celebrating a birthday? No. Well, I hate to tell you, but you're all going to be honorary Aries, I think. I'll tell you why. Aries do things their own way. Everybody here, do your things your own way? I think so. Stevie, yeah, Glenda, we already yep. know that. They're unafraid of, afraid of conflict. <clears throat> They're highly competitive. I am. They're ambitious, honest, mm-hmm. high energy, self-aware, strong opinions, ready to defend the d- opinions. Yes. They throw themselves at the world eagerly without fear. They're driven to prove themselves and their strength. They naturally take charge. They can be impatient, so do not waste their time. Mariah Carey, Jackie Chan, Leonardo da Vinci, Charles Baudelaire, and Harry Houdini were all Aries. So I'm naming you all honorary Aries tonight, regardless of what sign you really are officially. So let me tell everybody who my special guests are. First up, I'm just taking them in the order in which I put them on the show. Graciela Tiscareño Sato. Graciela is the president of Gracefully Global Group. She founded a publishing firm to what she calls give birth to groundbreaking literature and online classes that showcase contributions of Latinos in the United States. She's a Berkeley alumna. She was an active duty Air Force officer and aviator for 10 years. Oh my goodness, thank you for your service, Graciela. You're gonna give us a full bio. I think I left out one or two small things in a couple of minutes. Delighted to have you here and I met you at the recent National Publicity Summit and it was an honor to invite you and I'm glad you're here. So thank you very much. And then we have Steve, Stevie Gallegos. He's America's ambassador on success. I think that's a very, very uh, provocative title there, Steve, and you're gonna have to tell us all about it. <clears throat> he hasn't done much with his life. He's been a US Marine, thank you for your He's been a law enforcement officer. He's been a singer and a songwriter. He is a board certified civil trial lawyer. He's an internet entrepreneur. Blah. He is a published photographer and he's the co-founder and president of the Voices of Impact Awards. Stevie, I'm impressed already. Thank you so much. And I met you at the summit. You could wave hello and we'll be hearing from you in a minute. And then Glenda Benavides, we've been practicing my accent. (laughs) Glenda is back, courtesy of Mickey Mickelson of Creative PR, and uh, very happy to have you back. She said she loved being on the show so much. She said, Mickey, let me back on Red's show. And he said, okay. She's an award-winning Recording Academy voting member and a Grammy-considered singer-songwriter. Talk about award-winning. She's the author of Courage, Find Your Fire and Ignite action in your life. Graciela, I think we can all relate to that. And she's the host of Glenda Benavides Music and the Global Badass Goddess Podcast. Glenda, absolutely delighted to have you back. Thank you very much. So Radio Red's in the house and let's get this party started. Graciela, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you please do me the honor of give us a three minute full bio? Go ahead and welcome. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, I've been looking forward to this. Um, So I grew up creatively as the oldest uh, of five kids born to Mexican immigrants. And imagine a house that you're watching get built. And my my parents had purchased this house in a brand new neighborhood. And we would actually watch this house go up. And I have this very clear memory of being about four years old. My father was holding my hands and 
holding me into the hole that would one day contain stairs to our basement. And I was dangling and looking at the dirt and like what a basement was going to look like. And that's a really early memory. And the years went by as they were building the whole neighborhood, we would get like wood from the wood piles of all the construction and we would create little kid-sized picnic tables. So I grew up very creatively in this neighborhood where the whole neighborhood is being created. But all these materials that were just around that we would build with. And my dad loved to do carpentry. And so we just grew up creating stuff. And I I just really think that that kind of became a theme for my whole life of, you know, making something from nothing. And my mom was a seamstress and she made wedding cakes. So like all this creativity was going on. Oh, my dad was a, a tailor. That was his profession. So I wanted to be creative and go to college, but we didn't have enough money. So I look for mentors and ask, how can I go to college? My high school counselor's husband happened to be an Air Force major. And so that's how I learned that I could get a scholarship courtesy of the Air Force and go off to Berkeley. And what started there was architecture design, environmental design, but also the aviation studies that went along with the Air Force ROTC. So right away, right brain, left brain, always technical stuff, the ground school, the navigation, getting ready to go fly, but always with the writing and the drawing and the architecture. So creativity, you know, the upbringing there, it was always about the technical, but also the the written and the drawing, what you think of creativity. But of course, it was all mashed up and it was all creative. And then I went up to fly for the Air Force, which doesn't sound creative anyway. But then I started writing. Because like cool stuff was happening. And so we're deploying to Greece for Christmas. So I'm like the little journalist from my squadron filing stories back for the base paper about what we were doing. So it was like that, no matter what I was doing, military aviation. And then later on, I actually did the creative career called marketing in Silicon Valley. Then I actually was getting paid to create versus that I was finding ways to create while flying. So I think that that whole continuum is like that. It's always... I'm doing the technical stuff that I love to do because I'm very analytical, but always, always, always finding a way to do the right brain creativity stuff. And then one day when the layoff happened, I created a company. It was just like natural. So (laughs) Graciela, I should have named this episode instead of walking the talk creativity, I should have called it unstoppable creativity. Mm -hmm. I think that describes all three of you. I'll go back and I'll put change all my notes and everything. (laughs) Everybody, this is now unstoppable creativity. Graciela, I, I, I can only I can't even imagine what it was like to say, I think I'll go be an aviator in the US Air Force. Seriously, I, I don't want to get into all the politics, perhaps, of a woman aviator. Uh, a guest on an upcoming radio show sent me a top, a top Gun quote. And so I was looking at the movie and, and what went on and some of the dialogue reading it today. And I'm thinking, what was it like being a woman in the Air Force? I see pictures behind you of you sitting at a desk and, and next to a plane. Just can you just tell us briefly, how creative did you have to be to thrive and survive? Can I say that? Yeah, yeah thrive and survive. But I think the best answer is, um, you know, the open mind to opportunity because it was not my intention to go into the Air Force to fly. It was my intention to go to college and to be a college-educated, globally mobile woman. That was my only guidepost as a teenager. I want to get an education and travel the world. And my first career choice architecture, I was going to be a civil engineer. And then two years in, they take you to do different careers around the, uh, the military bases, And one of them was to a pilot training base. And they set me up with the lady pilot 
who took me flying and I loved it. I had never been on a plane until they flew us there. So literally my first time in my life on a plane, I did not have an aviation background, the daughter of wow. all of that. And it was that lady, Dolly Delisa, when we're taxiing back in, after she let me fly and roll, she said, you're the only person I took flying today. We're in Phoenix. It's 103 on the ground. You're the only one that didn't throw up today. <laughs> right. And so she's like, you know, these guys come in here thinking they want to be fighter pilots and <laughs> down and it, no. But she says, you obviously had a great time. This is something you can do. I'm like, really? So it, it was a moment of, um, it was opportunity, right? And I could have said, no, I'm going to do architecture because that's what I said. I'm like, I can do that. She's like, yeah, just go back and tell me you want to fly. It's the Air Force. And so paperwork, and then you get chosen. So for me, it was just about, you know, being open to someone mm-hmm. suggesting something that had never dawned on me. But that's why I do the work that I do now as an author, about that career in English and Spanish, because there's so many kids like me who've never considered the awesome world of aviation. So open-minded create. Now I just came up with another word for the open-minded creativity. You said globally mobile college educated woman. That's all I wanted. I you got to you got to make a, a slogan or make a, an emblem out of that, and you sell it. That's a sideline for you, Graciela. Thank you very much, you. Stevie G Gallegos. Met you at the publicity summit. Also, very excited to have you here, Stevie. Can I call you Stevie or Steve? Who do you want to be today? You can call me Stevie. That's what all my good friends call me as well. Well, I want to be your good friends. You are already. You are already. Thank all you. of you are. This is Thank a very you. formidable panel here. And you read you you. you you're such a host. It's like I would love to go to to parties at your house because I never want to leave. <laughs> okay, the garden's ready. Done. I'll get the wine on on ice. That's yeah, fine. you're yeah. all welcome. Next, I, I tell people that I wanted to move to London, Stevie, and I looked at the map, and I have a way of tilting my head, and I looked at the map, and the U in the N in London turned upside down, and I ended up in Loudon, Tennessee, and that's <laughs> just one of those things. And oh, London, what? Okay, well, I would have missed Laura if I was there and she wasn't. So, Stevie, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Would you please fill in the gaps? Who are you? How did you get to be Stevie G? And what is ambassador for on success? Talk to us. Oh, you know, thank you for the question again, having uh, and for having me on the on the show. And because we're talking about creativity today, I thought that, you know, let's just launch into it. I was um, uh, raised in a very, um, what do I say, dis, uh, discombobulated home. Um, mental and physical abuse. And so I developed, I was programmed with these ideas that I was worthless, good for nothing. And so I tried numerous times to take my life, my own life uh, before the age of 17. And recognizing that I was in despair, I knew that I had to do something, right? Um, The suicide thing wasn't working for me. I kept hearing a voice saying, no, this isn't, don't do this. Um, And I found seven words in a book that a a friend had given to me in high school by Norman Vincent Peale, the positive power of positive thinking. And it was change your thoughts and change your world. Now, Red, I didn't know it was possible to change my thoughts, even though it's right there in the book. I didn't understand that concept, but I knew that I could change my world and in my own young, you know, naive mind, changing my world meant running away from home. And so what did I do? I jumped from the fire, from the frying pan into the fire by running away to join the Marine Corps. 
So that's what I did. So that was my creative out from, you know, the uh, the home where I felt, you know, I was going nowhere. And, and truly I was. And it happened that in boot camp, there were three other guys in there that were primarily Spanish speaking. And they were having a lot of trouble with the academic portion of the training. And so nobody asked me to do it. Nobody suggested it. But I took these guys under my wing. And every night after everybody had gone to sleep, the four of us would get up and we'd go and sit on the cold tile shower floors of the squad bays, you know about those Graciela. And we would sit there and I would translate that day's material, academic material from English to Spanish. We would have a discussion and then they would give it back to me so I knew they understood it. About two weeks into this, one of the drill instructors heard voices coming from the showers and he thought, oh, I'm going to catch these guys doing something. And <laughs> so he was super excited coming in like a Marine, you know, just, uh, you know, on full attack, cursing, cussing, yelling, screaming, waking up the whole neighborhood. And there we found us sitting on the floor with our notebooks in hand. And he's like, what's going on in here? So once I stood up and I said, sir, blah, blah, blah. And he said, looked at us like in disbelief. He said, carry on. Well, fast forward to uh, the end of boot camp training, uh, 13 weeks later, 10 weeks later, um, I graduate number one in the class, right? This good for nothing kid. And my three friends graduate in the top 10. And that experience taught me my first real life lesson, number one, that I can achieve my dreams, helping others achieve theirs. Now, this is well before I met Zig Ziglar, and I have met him and, and learned that he actually coined a, a very similar phrase. But what it taught me initially was that everything that my parents had told me about myself was a lie, that I was good for a lot of things, and that I had value to give to the world. And so, latching onto the creative elements of that, I was able to, I've been able to kind of shapeshift. And, and this is why people call me the ambassador on success, because I've done so many things. I've been able to move from uh, a Marine with honors to law enforcement officer with honors to becoming a board certified civil trialer to becoming a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter. I was going to be the modern-day Julio Iglesias. That was my, my goal at the time. <laughs> and, then, um, and then to becoming a published commercial photographer in magazines and all over the world. And, um, you know, international speaker and author and trainer on communications and personal development. But creativity has been all throughout that particular experience because when life gives you lemons i mean you have to be creative in order to make a cake right you have to get creative in order to make you know uh, a good for nothing boy into wow look at this guy he's now helping a lot of people and so um so yeah that's how i i'm where i'm at very very impressive and to me stevie the most impressive and important part is that you're still here still here yes that you said this, you use the S word, this is not working for me. This is not the answer. If somehow it just didn't, and we're glad that it didn't work, whatever oh, that's worth to you. Yes, I'm uh, glad too. Yeah, and you just keep creating new, like Graciela, open, open, open. I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do this, I'll do that. I, I'm on my seventh or eighth career. I thought I had a lot. I think you've both surpassed me already in leaps and bounds. So very, thank you so much. Um, Beautifully put bio. Thank you, Stevie. I I just have to take a deep breath. You're all mm. so impressive. And now we're going to bring on our third very impressive panelist, Glenda Benavides. 
I'm still having figured out which way I'm going to print Benavides. There we go. Glenda, I hope nobody gets offended. Glenda, welcome back. Shout out again to Mickey Nicholson. Glenda, Glenda was, I think, all redhead last time I saw her. And now she's yeah. very blonde in front, but it's a lot of red in the back. So I still have great respect for that. Glenda. This, <laughs> this is my, this is my David Bowie interpretation. <laughs> ah, like you, and people on Voice America are saying, we can't hear them. It's empowerment channel. It's only audio. We can't see her here. Well, tune in on Facebook or LinkedIn and you'll see her. Okay. Glenda, speaker view for you. I'm going to say, Glenda, I'm going to say, I usually do this on my business shows. If somebody's been on in the past year or so, I'll say, I did a poll today, and there are probably 14.72 people in the world who don't remember who you are, Glenda. And we're just going to go tsk, tsk, tsk to them, okay? okay? But I want you to speak to those 14.72 people <laughs> and remind them who you are and tell the rest of us what's new with Glenda. Glenda, <laughs> welcome back, my dear. Go ahead. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Oh gosh, it's so great, so inspiring. And I was, I was just thinking back on when I was, as far as my creativity goes, I was always the kid out there wanting to make a difference. Someone that really wanted to make the impact. I was bringing home animals. You know, my mother was like, "No, please don't bring any more." My, I had a menagerie in the, you know, East Oakland where my parents lived. When I'm growing up, and uh, for those of you who don't know, East Oakland is a little rough neighborhood of California. Um, Northern California. Anyway, so I went on from there. And I, I think one of the things that I was always involved with, um, I'm going to date myself here, um, the Jerry Lewis telethon. Do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, honey bunch. I danced in a marathon, a fundraising dance-a-thon in that era in a high school gymnasium in Eugene, Oregon. I don't want to interrupt your bio. I'll tell you later. Oh, that's fabulous. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I did it. I was really into the Jerry Lewis telethon and I told my parents I needed to make a difference. And so I put my own um tell not telethon, but they but they give you these kits so you can make your you know, you can do like a carnival and that kind of thing to raise money for muscular dystrophy. So that's how I started when I was, um, I think I was like six, five or six, six, I think I was six. And um, it just kind of went on from there. And I knew that I that I really wanted to make a difference and an impact through um, music and singing. And it was just always my intuitive guidance that that's how I was going to make a difference through being the entertainer, loving people and really taking the time to write about things that really will make an impact. And um, so I've been spent my life developing myself, touring with my bands and um, doing a variety of things like Steve and uh, Graciana, um, you know, envir- the environment is one of my, my loves. And anytime people purchase my work, um, I, I take a dollar out of that to uh, plant a tree. So that's kind of what I've been doing as of late and um, many, many other things when it comes to recording and getting ready to tour, looking for a, a really good booking agent and got a good manager. And so things are good. And Glenda, I want you to talk also briefly before Graciela and Steve joined us before the show. You got here very early. You were yeah. telling me that there's a script you worked on with somebody yes. 10 years ago, yes. and it might get picked up for a TV series. Could you yeah. just tell us a little bit about that, please? Sure. Um, it's called Never Give Up. Ooh. And Yep. 
and uh, the working title. <laughs> that could have given the title of this episode, Never Give Up Creativity. Never give up. Oh, there my go. goodness. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Never give up. And um, it was a, a woman's lead, a lead woman. And I really felt like, you know, us as women, as we go through life and we evolve, hopefully, um, we find that we get, to, especially if you have children, you get yourself to a place in life where you step back and go, the kids are gone. What do I do? Who am I? And I really wanted to tell that story of who am I? What what do I do now? I don't know who I am. And um, so it's the the life of a female musician, artist, and um, and wow, we have some fun dynamic complications, which is really fun for her and and the life of an of an artist. And I also wanted to tell the story of what it's really like in the music industry, not the fantasy that we get sold, you know, I'm going to get that record deal. I'm going to get famous. And, you know, you know, it's not like that people. It's not like that. It's a lot of hard work and it's, there's no guarantees. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I've written that. And then the fun uh, little note about that show is that she actually gets, gets her internal coaching, counseling through three historical characters, Queen Elizabeth I, Veronica Franco, she was an Italian courtesan in the same time period, and Queen Grace O'Malley, which was a an Irish uh, pirate. And these three women come at her the 11th hour where she's ready to just give it all up. And they come in here and they help her get through the scenarios that she goes through um, throughout the whole series. So, wow. Fingers crossed that. Very, very interesting. We're crossing our fingers for you. That's interesting. The three of you keep making me change the title of, you know, (laughs) Unstoppable and Never Give Up. And oh my God, I just can't keep up with it. I'm very, very impressed with the three of you. And I, as I tell my listeners, my viewers from time to time, I don't hand pick who's going to be on which panel with whom else, because Graciela, I met at the Publicity Summit. Graciela, April 17th, it's open. Are you available? Yes. Good. Your book. Steve, <laughs> April 17th is open. You want to do it? Yes. Glenda, I need somebody. Mickey, I need somebody. Good. Glenda, I'll come back. It, it's just, it's, a, it just comes together. So mm-hmm. in a way, I'm cr- creating this potpourri by having all of you on, and there's no planning on what you're all going to say or what you're going to contribute. This is not pre-scripted, which is really fun. I look forward to Mondays more than you can imagine. And yes, I did. And I was not a kid when I did that. I was already a a divorced mom with two kids at home and I found somebody to take care of the kids. And I was um, semi-professional dancing at the time. And my dance partner was a young man who was a a professional janitor at the University of Oregon Architecture School. Mm -hmm. And he taught me the right way to sweep a room. (laughs) <laughs> there is a way to sweep a room. There's a way to push the broom and to do this. Anyway, Michael was his name, and he wanted to go back to college, and he didn't have any money. I think he was living in a trailer. He was a fabulous former Arthur Murray dance teacher. And we were teaching disco and hustle and ballroom. And so this came up, muscular dystrophy, Glenda. And I said, let's do it. I had no idea what I was getting into. <laughs> it was a, ca- a small cash prize. And I said, Michael, let's do this. I got donations from a whole bunch of people like they do, you know, sponsors. And we, everybody, you completed it, you got something. And I gave him my share of the winnings and he was able to go back to school. But I can't tell you what it was like being in a high school gym with lights on, artificial lights, but no windows, locked in for 24 to 26 hours. 
after a while, they gave us three breaks, I think for 20 minutes a piece, and we were fed carbs, donuts, crullers. That was it. We needed carbs. And we were doing circle dances. Somebody would go in and they'd do some kind of dance. Everybody would dance around them and dance around. I keep hitting my mic. And then we'd go in and it was our turn. And uh, and then we took 20 minutes to lie down. Anyway, when I went out there, the shock to the system of being able to see daylight and the the man, my boyfriend who was taking care of my kids brought the kids and picked me up. I couldn't walk for three days. (laughs) Like Your muscles had eaten in themselves from the inside side out you were eating burning your own own fat own muscle it was a strange experience but it was something i will never forget it was a dance-a-thon from muscular dystrophy glenda thank you for the memories there (laughs) (laughs) not not again not again not again anyway so let's go to the part of the show i've asked you each for oh your bios were wonderful asked you each for a quote from a fictional character movie or tv show or a song quote and we're going to start with graciela and graciela has picked a quote from morpheus played by the one and only Lawrence fishburne the movie the matrix 1999 sci-fi action film cyber Punk story of the technological fall of humanity. I want to say it like the guy who announces the movies. Yeah. Are written and directed by the Wachowskis or Wachowskis, the first installment of the Matrix series, Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, Hugo Weaving, Joe Pantaleono, blah, blah, blah. Morpheus, by the way, is a fictional character. We know that. And he was also in the video game, The Matrix. And Lawrence Fishburne is the only original actor who voiced his character in the video game. Okay. And all I'm going to say is here's the quote, Graciela, three words. That's all. And it's beautiful. Free your mind. Mm. That could have been the title of the show, Free Your Mind Creativity. Are you writing these down? You should be writing- <laughs> no, but it's we're recording, so I'll be able to go back. Graciela, because we have so much to cover, I'm going to give you two minutes, two minutes to tell us how you found this, because there are so many quotes from, from The Matrix, so many oh, quotes. Oh, my goodness. And what does it have to do with your creativity? Go ahead. Yeah. For me, the, these words, they're like, action is needed. Like, you have to do something with your mind to start creating, right? Like, you know, I hear about writer's block and I'm like, so you just walk up to a computer, you open a Word document, you stare at the screen, you think something's going to happen. I think that's so weird, right? So free your mind is like, you know, what can you do to give your brain permission to just come up with whatever, right? And I have found, I don't know, (laughs) raise your hand if, if this has happened to you. Have you ever been naked in the shower and you're just showering and then all of a sudden, like all these idea butterflies are hitting you. That's how I see it, right? This is as happening. long as nothing else is hitting you, it's okay. And I try to be naked in the shower, Graciela. That's, it works. Steve, yeah, you know, I, be somebody naked, was yes. going to say that. It was better me than you, Stevie. That so. is the point, yeah. isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's helpful. It but, but what is it about being in the shower, right? Is it the water? Yeah. Is it the heat? Is it the naked? But like all these ideas come out. And I literally have to jump out of the shower when I'm done and like write all these things down, like ideas, quotes, paragraphs, titles, like it just happens. Right. And then similarly, I've gone to get a massage where I'm there to just relax my body, but what's happening. I'm freeing my mind. And while I just want to go and get a massage and like check out and relax, what's actually happening is my (laughs) mind's freeing. And then like all these ideas. And then I come out, I pay, I go out to the car. I just sit there for like an hour and I write. Like all these ideas just happened. And then my third one, uh, free your mind. I just started doing float therapy. I discovered that about three weeks ago. What is that? What is it? It's so like cool. sensory deprivation in a tub that looks like a coffin. 
and there's light and there it's salty. You lost me so a coffin. It. It's like a <laughs> coffin with water and light and you close it on yourself and you just float. You can have the lights on if you want or no lights, but it's sensory deprivation and you're floating and talk about freeing your mind, right? So that quote to me, you know, like everything that's going on, I'm a total sci-fi junkie too. So I chose this, but it's that idea that, you know, what can you do to just literally free your mind from your lists, your obligations, your schedule, your groceries, What just free it so that you can really create from a place that's not like normal everyday life. And whether I'm writing nonfiction or children's books or articles, it doesn't matter. Like the ideas can come from wherever, but it's that reminder to me, that quote, to actually put your mind in a place that's free of everything else so that you can create. That's what I like be. that. And I have an idea for you. If you take, if you have an Echo Dot or something like an Alexa, plug it in near where the shower is. And then instead of having to get out and write, just say, Alexa, remind me and tell her what you want her to remind you. Yeah. And she will give it back to you. And there is a transcript of everything you say. I found that out but on Amazon. Water sounds? If you go, <laughs> If you go on Amazon to the account and you go to Alexa, yeah. there is a transcript of everything you say to her and that she says back to you. I right. know, Stevie. I was mm -hmm. trying to get up something she said, and I asked her to repeat it. She only repeats it twice, and I missed a couple words, mm -hmm. and I actually found it. Uh, oh, my God. Yes. Graciela, thank you very much. I don't want to get into the scary part. Yes, we, we do try to shower naked, most of us, and, yes. and uh, thoughts do come. Yes, very, very well. And I like <laughs> the way you said about the butterfly thoughts. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Stevie, I'm looking at your quote, and this is such a fabulous song. I'm a disco era girl, Stevie. <laughs> and I was, Michael and I were teaching disco in Eugene, Oregon. And we had class after class, and we used to go on our lunch hours to a senior center. I don't know how old the ladies were. I used to pick up two bagels at the bagel store from my job, go to the bagel store, meet him there, and we taught line dancing to the women and men at the senior center. And then once we went to one of our favorite discos, and we asked if they would let us throw a party, and the young, very handsome DJ came down from the DJ booth and danced with a lot of the ladies, but it was <laughs> line dancing. And so we did, uh, yeah, we did line dancing in the, those eras. And what I'm trying to say is this is a disco song. The song is... Ain't No Stopping Us Now by McFadden and Whitehead, 1979, from their debut album. They wrote and produced a song with keyboard player Jerry Cohen. They revisited the song in their 1984 single, Ain't No Stopping, Ain't No Way. It's about succeeding despite having faced previous disadvantage. So many things held us down. Okay, very, very interesting. So the line is, hey, I'm trying not to sing, I just can't stop. Ain't no stopping us now. We're on the move. Ain't no stopping us now. We've got the groove. I killed that one. Stevie, rescue me, my dear. Go ahead. How did you? Ain't no this? stopping us now. We're, We're on, on the move. The move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just absolutely love that song. And I love to hear that you were like in the disco era because <gasps> that's really when I came to life. I, I was stationed in Hawaii in the Marine Corps uh, when, you know, all of this great music came out. And so we used to go singing. And, um, and dance in the clubs all the time. And I was a really good dancer. In fact, once I got out of the Marine Corps, um, my first job in Santa Barbara, California was at the Arthur Murray Studio yeah, teaching, no. teaching oh. ballroom dance Yeah, at no. 21 years old. Yeah, so it was me, 21 years old with a bunch of 50, 60-year-old women yeah. wanting, it's just standing in line, 
just to dance with me because no one else, they, they didn't want to dance with anybody else. <laughs> I so can imagine. It, it, it was so much fun. But this particular song out of all of them, I mean, music has just been such a great part of my life um, since as far back as I can remember. And I love to do everything to music. I can work to music. It doesn't matter what I'm doing, how tedious it is. Music has to be on. However, my my spouse, my wife, she doesn't, right? She loves music, but it has to be completely separate, right? She can't work and have it in that same environment. So we kind of have a little bit of a conflict there. So I put on my headset while I'm working on my computer if I'm writing or something like that. But this song is just, ain't no stopping us now. You know, we're on the move. To me, Signals, and has always I, I identified with the idea that once I get an idea going, right, once my imagination says, yes, let's do this, I don't stop, perhaps to evaluate and reevaluate and say, hmm, is there a better way of doing this, perhaps? Or should I do it at all? Heck yeah, let's move forward, right? As long as it's not illegal, unethical, or immoral, <laughs> right? But, you know, again, but that's a subjective thing. For, it gets for many harder people. and harder to make those decisions, doesn't it? Indeed, indeed. Yeah. I, I tell you what, though, it's easier when we get older, right? The more experience that we become, we don't it's care. <laughs> Exactly. don't care as much, but exactly. too many eyes and ears are watching and listening. Thank All these you. days. Thank these you for days. the memory, Stevie. Yeah. That's That was just lovely. Um, Michael and I used to enter disco Hawaii contests mm. at a local hotel disco nightclub. Yeah. And uh, we came in third in Disco Hawaii, and we sewed, I sewed, I was sewing all my clothes, uh, hammered blue silk, a blouse with little ties at the corners, and a black satin skirt that tied at the waist, and it was a 360 circle, and it was all the way open. I was about 88 pounds at the time. <laughs> Fishnet stockings, high-heeled shoes, and we danced to Donna Summer's um, mm. uh, MacArthur Park Suite. The yep. song called Heaven, Heaven Knows Just, and we danced to that, and we came in from opposite sides of the floor, da, 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 and we danced toward each other, and then he gave a full Saturday wow. Night Fever lift. lift over his head, wow. spun me three times, dropped me to the floor. I brushed the floor. My skirt went all the way out, picked me up, and then we finished. Our routine was three minutes. The only problem was the people who won first, the woman owned a dance studio, and she uh. was a, a professional. And one of the, one of the <laughs> judges was a welder, and Michael knew him, and I don't know if they got along that well. So we came in third. But what a <laughs> thrill, Disco Hawaii, and I'll never forget that era. We would go to clubs, walk in, and people would not even charge us admission. They'd have a drink waiting for us or a flower for me. We were a known couple around Eugene in those days and that was yeah. a love lot. it love it I, I love that lot of and, and thanks for describing your outfit as uh, like you were getting ready to take a shower it sounds like <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a lot there but there wasn't a lot to see either so let's not go there yeah. thank you very much I was I was strategically covered there uh, little dance pants we used to have the little pull on uh, dance pants that were that covered up everything yes never mind Stevie let's go on to Glenda rescue me dear Glenda's quote she's picked a quote from uh, Buttercup and Wesley in The Princess Bride. This is not the usual one we get for this movie. 1987 American fantasy adventure comedy film. And Glenda, I've been remarking on my radio shows recently to guests that we used to have it was just either a drama or it was a comedy or it was a romance. Today it's a romance, sci-fi adventure. It, 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 they, they just take genres and they just mash them all up together. So Buttercup... The Princess Bride, played by Robin Wright, is speaking with Wesley, played by Carrie. Is it Elwes or Elwes? El Elwes. 
Elways. I never yeah. know how to pronounce it. And she says, we'll never survive. And he says, nonsense. You only say that because no one ever has. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Okay, you got to tell me how this relates to creativity, Glenda. Go- we need two hours tonight, Josh. Can we just bump the next show? Go, go ahead, Glenda. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, it's one of my favorite shows, films. Um, yeah. Just there's just jewels throughout, you know, through comedy, you know, it's like, so as far as creativity goes with that, to me, that's, that's the way most people think. And that's not what's necessarily true. So um, because, and I, th- I think Steve coined it right on the money and both Steve and Graciana, um, do this. It's like, you have to really move beyond the things that stop you, you know, and you have to be mindful of that and go, oh, that's what's going on. How do I want to, how do I want to have a breakthrough? What, what's my intention? You know, how do I, I need to have clarity. Then I can have courage. Then I can have confidence. Then I can have commitment and then I can have community. And that's really how it works. And then, and really it's it's the what do you call it it's like the you're you're battling oneself really you know there's nobody really outside of you and we're all one and it's all in here and you're designing it day by day so um i don't know if that's very clear but that's just really how i see it it is well that's why i said the beginning we're all improving it we're all just figuring it out right this show isn't scripted did i did i meet you before glenda and say you'll say this and you'll say that graciela okay this is we we didn't do that we're just figuring it out yeah yeah absolutely and we are surviving very well thank you let me go thank you all for the quotes i want to go to the uh discussion statement actually your creativity statements i'm going to pick one from each of you and we're really running out of time. We've got about 15 minutes left and we got so much more to do. I have some famous birthdays and some holidays and some music history stuff to share. So let's do this quickly. Graciela, I'm looking at your statement number two, and this is something we didn't really talk about. So take maximum three minutes. You say, as I interviewed dozens of inventors and entrepreneurs from the American Latinx community for the first magazine article on the theme of creating business as if the planet mattered, that later became the Latin innovating book of entrepreneurship case studies. I realized we all had this in common. At some point in our lives, we witnessed adults around us creating a new thing from an old thing. Graciela, that's so beautifully written. Would you please explain that, expand it for us? Yeah. So let, just Latinovating, by the way, it's a word I invented. So it's, I like it. Latinovating. Yes. The root word is innovating and then the LAT is in front of it. So Latinovating. So as I, I basically, it started out as an article for a journal, uh, National Society of Hispanic MBAs. And then I chose the 10 most compelling stories to go back and write the book. And over and over again, I just kept bumping into these stories of, um, you know, I grew up, uh, Humberto Rincón grew up in El Centro, um, Southern California, and he would, uh, it was, his dad was a bracero, so a farm worker, and he would tell me about how they would pull the strings from the rice bag, and after like five rice bags, they had enough string to fly a kite. Or they would take the bottle caps off the bottles, and they would use them to tires to make handmade toy trucks. 
And, you know, uh, my abuelita made dresses out of curtains. Once somebody didn't want the curtains, they made dresses out of them. Or my abuelita would take the, the my grandmother would take the aluminum cans and make these beautiful flowers that she would put in the garden, right? So like, as I interviewed the Latino Vaders in, in this book, I was like, oh my God, like all of us grew up watching people make something yeah. from nothing from whatever yeah. you had. And that became like this foundational thing of like, well, who do you think is going to grow up and create businesses? It's the people who have already been surrounded by a community of creative people and are able to create something from nothing. And that might be that you start a business with little capital, right? But I just found it an amazing thing that we all had in common. And certainly it's not exclusive to the Latino community because I've talked to lots of people who grew up with different scarcity and, and were creative. But I just thought it's so amazing that that became a common theme of who grows up to create a business, a podcast, a book, a publishing company, awards. It's like, we believe we can because we grew up that way. So that's what that means to me. And then I I just got obsessed with the whole entrepreneurship process. And now I'm writing Latinovating Volume 2. I love the word. I love that you created the word. I apologize. I didn't say it right. No, and I needed okay. the lesson in that. But thank you very much. Very, very interesting. And by the way, <laughs> when I had a dollhouse when I was little, instead of buying things for the dollhouse, my dad used to make furniture out of little things like the screw on cap for a toothpaste tube. He yeah. made that into a little table or a lampshade. Yes. And he kind of cobbled, he, he had, we had money. He was a doctor. We weren't wealthy, but he was, we were comfortable, but he just looked at it like, what can I take that's around and make it into things for her dollhouse that would just be yeah. interesting. And he just yeah. did a whole bunch of that. What, Graziel, you want to say something? I was going to say dresses for Barbie. And then my mom's lost earring. You can use this earring because I lost the other one. So take a sock that got lost and mm -hmm. make a nice little dress for Barbie and then little accoutrements of the the earring, right? So yeah, and it's it it is that. It's like your mind is just wired to create. Look behind me. Look at my background. That's one of my early watercolor paintings. The artist at Voice America put the lips on it for Read My Lips. But those are real earrings that are missing the mate. And I took a whole bunch of lost earrings and I punched them through. This is supposed to be a city. These are buildings. This is high rises. So and these cool. are the people in the building. So I punched the back of the pierced earring through the canvas. And the little piece that goes on the back is actually on the back of it instead of gluing it on. So cool. I was using mismatched or shall we just say lonely earrings? Lonely. There you go. Thank you very much. I just thought about that. Stevie, let's move on. 10 minutes left. I'm looking at your statement number three. You say, professionally, I have found that creativity plays a crucial role in problem solving and decision making. By approaching challenges from a creative mindset, I'm able to come up with innovative solutions and ideas that may not have been considered otherwise. Stevie, two minutes. Talk to me, please. And and this and and that sums up the reason why my wife has dubbed me a rule breaker because yes, society has rules and all of us are we grow up with rules, right? Rules in the home, rules in school, rules in dating, rules in getting a job and those kinds of things. But I think that get to a point where we can get just so bogged down in these rules that we can't figure our way out of problems. And so 
I don't know if it's because I lacked the formal education or lacked formal music training or lacked formal training in dance, but I didn't let any of those things stop me from becoming a dance teacher, from becoming a Grammy-considered uh, artist, um, founder of the Latin America, co one of the founding members of the Latin America Recording Arts and Sciences, and becoming an attorney, entertainment lawyer, and all those things. I found creative ways to do that. I didn't go and get a traditional bachelor's degree before going to law school. Did I let that stop me from going to law school? No. I applied anyway, and I wrote to these people, and I said, this is what I've done as a Marine. This is what I've done as a police officer. I know the law. And while I have an associate's degree in criminal justice, that helped. But I was able to influence and persuade the administrators at the school I went to in Santa Barbara, California, to let me into law school. Yay, got into law school. I was able to start working in entertainment law despite not having a Jewish surname. And I don't mean that to be you know, derogatory, but the in entertainment industry, and Glenda can attest to this, is run mostly by the Jewish people. If you have a Jewish surname, it's really easy for you as long as you have the credentials to get a job. I'm Gallegos. My partners, my my uh, when they hired me in the law firm, they said, any way we can change your name, right? And I was writing a a, a report to the uh, yep. a, a brief to the Supreme Court, California Supreme Court. Gallegos. No, that's not going to fly, man. We need to we need to have Roxborough sign off on it because you know his name is less this and that and the other. And said absolutely not. I'm putting my name on this. I wrote it. I researched. Anyway, we ended up winning the case and all these things. Mm -hmm. But anyway, had I submitted to those rules, right? Mm -hmm. That hey, Hispanics don't go argue in front of the Supreme Court. Hispanics don't do this. Hispanics don't do that. Uh, you know, I'd be nowhere. And so creativity, rule breaking, finding a way to break the rules has always been my go-to. If I face a problem and say, okay, what are the rules around this? And then how can I modify those or work my way around them or use them to my advantage? And I mm -hmm. think if we all did that some more, brilliant, we, yep. we'd have so much more progress. Yes, Brilliant. and thank you, Stevie. That leads me into Glenda's, where, where we have time for two minutes for Glenda, and then I have a couple of things I want to talk about. Glenda's statement number one, I, I don't hear this very often, Glenda, and it's very important. You say, if you're a creative person, your willingness to express yourself must, maybe, maybe, just the trigger needed by someone else to do something for themselves. I very, I don't know if I've ever had a guest say that. Glenda, talk to me. Two minutes. Very okay. important. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just, I believe that. I think that we, if we suppress ourselves, going right into what Steve's saying, if we suppress ourselves, we just don't allow ourselves to really step out there. You may miss the opportunity to see someone step into their life and fully express themselves because they were inspired by what you did. You, it's like, it's almost like we all have a responsibility to do that, be ourselves. And what does that mean? What does that look like? And ask those deeper questions, take that time to really dig into that and then let it out. And then people go, wow, <laughs> you know, you may say somebody's life, you know? Thank you very much. That's a, that's what I would call a generosity of spirit, generosity of creative spirit, right? Share it, 
talk about it yeah. and maybe somebody else will not when you're in the shower graciella when you come out and you write the book they'll say yeah i think she thought about that in the shower thank you all i want to go through a couple of famous birthdays jennifer garner is 51 today you all know who she is cia secret service a secret agent sydney bristow in the thriller series alias what i didn't know is that she was married to scott foley i look at his picture online i, I started to like oh, something about those eyes she was married to ben affleck as well victoria beckham posh spice is having a birthday jennifer garner is 51 victoria beckham posh is 49 from the spice girls did you know that her father dropped her off in school and his rolls royce and the kids at school threw rocks at her <laughs> when she was in school and Rooney Mara who was uh, this is interesting the girl with the dragon tattoo that movie okay she was also in the social network I didn't know this her mother her mother's family founded the Pittsburgh Steelers oh wow and her father's family founded the New York Giants who knew I'm sorry I have three people for you real fast here so a little a young lady 22 is celebrating birthday today Leah Peach, P-I-E-T-S-C-H. She's on TikTok. Um, she puts uh, dance and lip sync videos. She, I, I feel real sorry for her on her birthday. I wish she had more success. She only has 3.8 million fans. 3.8 million only. And when she was on Insta, she only had 1.2 million. I just wish she'd Love do it. something with her life. Uh, she created her own fashion, beauty, and lifestyle content. She, she has, um, uh, let's see, she is a singer. She's been featured in Bravo and Glow magazine, and she has her own Peachly, P-E-A-C-H-L-Y brand of clothing and home goods. Then we have on Insta, we have Lindsay Brewer, a young lady who's 25. She, another failure, only 2.1 million. Yeah. She is an aspiring professional race car driver who drove Honda's semi-pro S2 class in 2013. That's 10 years ago when she was 15. She's a national name in national kart racing, K-A-R-T. She markets her own cryptocurrency. Oh, my God. And at 11, she drove in Rotex Minimax class and won the Intermountain Regional Championship. And she attends San Diego State University. Happy birthday, Lindsay. And then we have Julian Solomita. And he's 31 on YouTube. And he posts cooking videos. And he had a video called Massive Blue UFO over Los Angeles 11715 in HD. It had 10 million views yeah. in 2015. But he only has a 2.5 million subscribers on YouTube. I just don't understand. Uh, 1970, in this, I'm almost done. Paul McCartney released his first solo, solo album, McCartney, and um, Beyonce released on this day in 2019 a live album of her 2018 Coachella performance the same day she released her Netflix documentary, Homecoming. Today is blah, blah, blah day. I'll leave that one alone. There's nothing like a Dame Day. It was started by Dame Eileen Atkins, Judy Dench, Joan Plowright, and Maggie Smith, who came together for a documentary called There's Nothing Like a Name. And it's International Haiku Poetry Day. And Jack Kerouac wrote the following haiku, Breaking the Rules. A raindrop from the roof fell in my beer. Okay, that's it. Quickly, real fast, website, where can people find you? Graciela, I mean, real fast. We're out of time. Go ahead. Website? CaptainMama.com, and that's M-A-M-A -M -A spelled in Spanish. So Captain in English. Mama in Spanish. Captain Thank Mama. you, dear. Stevie, where can people find you? Voicesofimpactawards.com, voiawards.com. Thank you. And Ms. Badass Goddess, Glenda, where can people find you? <laughs> Glendamusic.com. 
G-L-E-N-D-A-M-U-S-I-C.com. Got it. Okay, everybody, here we go. Life is short. Break the rules. We've been talking about that for an hour. (laughs) Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. It's still the only way. Love truly. Laugh uncontrollably. Laugh with me. (laughs) Thank you. That's enough. And never regret anything that made you smile here. Closing. Work like you don't need the money. Nobody else really cares. Dance like no one's watching. When I was teaching, they were watching. Sing like nobody's listening. I tried not to sing, Steve. You did better. And love like you've never been hurt. We all have. Get over it. Move mm-hmm. on. Money talks, chocolate sings. Thank you to Josh at Voice America. Last but not least, thank you for turning me on. Don't go away. Everybody wave goodbye. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.